everyone, and welcome. It's episode number 450 of The Riverfront, the world's uh, spookiest Halloween podcast this week, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Johnny Gomes. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. With me this week is, he's with us every week, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? Chad, if I was any better, I would be a United States Congressperson's investment portfolio. I'm doing oh, well. Outstanding. That's pre- that's pretty <laughs> impressive. Yes. So I'm glad you're doing that well. Also with us again this week is, uh, you you know him, if you've been listening to the show for a long time, uh, he's been avoiding us for a while for some reason, but it's the pod father, Bill Lack. How are you, Bill? I escaped from that dive bar we were just talking about. Oh, <laughs> Bill spending many, many hours in dive bars, taking incredible selfies. Bad Lack selfies, baby. Bad Lack <laughs> selfies. Before we get into the news of the week, which is not a lot, but we do have some fun things to talk about. I do want to say, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. You can't just press it. You have to smash it, okay? Um, You do have consent uh, to smash it. If you're listening to the audio version, why not subscribe? I mean, really, why not? You get to have my voice in your phone every single week. Amazing. For free. For free. And so we're everywhere you find podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, I don't know. Um, but whatever's out there, we're there. Uh, and then one last thing before we get into it, this show would not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. So thank you, patreon.com slash Riverfront Thanks all of you. Let's get into the Reds news, but actually before, it's, it's quasi-Reds news because we're going to talk about the World Series for just a moment. And that's not Reds news in general. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Although, shall we say, this was the, uh, the this week I think was the anniversary of the uh, Carlton Fisk home run in game six of the 1975 World Series. Also known as the last time the Cincinnati Reds lost a World Series game. The Reds have a nine-game World Series winning streak, which dwarfs everyone else's winning streak in the World Series. We need something to celebrate. Why not that? Bill, what do you think? You remember the 75 World Series? I do remember the 75 World Series. I was in high, a senior in high school. I was counseling at a camp for underprivileged kids, and they wouldn't let us watch the game six on television. So once we got all the kids to sleep, we snuck off to all the counselors, snuck off to a, an empty cabin and listened to the game on the radio. And the next night, they did let us watch games. And, and you know what? If you live in Boston, you think they won that series in six games. Mm-hmm. Right. The way they <laughs> celebrate that. Yes. Um, I will say this, that uh, our buddy Joe Farsing of the uh, the Riverfront Bengals show uh, did the did the, the research longest, because I asked the question, but I wasn't going to waste time actually researching it. How many current MLB teams have an intact nine-game World Series winning streak? Uh, no one, obviously, but the Reds. The second best uh, winning streak, current winning streak in the World Series, Baltimore, of all teams, with four. And the Chicago White Sox have won their last four. World Series games. Um, did he did he did he look up and see what the record was by any chance? No, just the who has this current winning streaks. Yeah. I would I would have to assume it's the Yankees with the longest. Oh, pr- probably you would think, yeah. I, but, but I don't know. That's a good question. Actually, who has the longest longest postseason winning streak? I don't know. Well, so the highest win ahead. percentage. That would be the Yankees. I, well, the reason I thought about that was because the. Uh, Johnny Bench, of all people, tweeted something. First of all, don't tweet Johnny Bench. There's no there's no percentage in it, as they say. But um, there was a tweet about the the Houston Astros. I guess have won. They have a chance to win, or they've won. They're seven and zero right now, so they have a chance to uh, 
have an undefeated playoffs. And so the, the question was the last team to go seven and, or win at least seven consecutive games. That was the uh, 76 Reds who were undefeated in the playoffs. So anyway, yes, here we are. We're talking about the 1970s on this 2022 Cincinnati Reds podcast. Nate, what do you think about that? What, what are your thoughts about the 1970s? What do you remember? You know, it just must be nice. Both of you have witnessed World Series, uh, World Series with the Reds participating. I don't know, man. I hate this time of year. I'm forced to watch scary movies and TV shows every day this month with my better half. Love her. Movies, take them or leave them. Some fan bases are getting fired up. They're excited. And here I am trying to figure out whether I want to root for Dusty Baker and Nick Castellanos. <laughs> well, that's, that's something I do want to talk about. Yes, the Reds failed to qualify for the World Series for the 32nd consecutive Missed season. by that much. Just barely. <laughs> Just barely. And that is what it comes down to. It's the Philadelphia Phillies with our old friend, Nick Castellanos, and the, and the uh, Houston Astros, who are managed by our even older friend, Dusty Baker. That's, those are really the only uh, Reds connections, unless you want to consider Zach Wheeler, who I screamed at the Reds should sign a few years ago. <laughs> As a free agent, and of course, they, they did, and he went to the Phillies, and now he's been amazing. Uh, so, who do, Nate, I'll go to you first. Or who, who do you choose out of those, Nick Castellanos or, or Dusty Baker? Where are you going? Well, first, I want to say that Bill made a joke. So, you know, they were this close. But you know what ticks me off? The Phillies were the sixth seed with 87 wins. Last year, the Reds had 83 wins. They were this close. Man. The Phillies putting themselves in position <laughs> to fielding a team that could have got it. So, I hate this time of year. Um, I am going to go for the Phillies. Um, I don't particularly care about the city of Philadelphia in general. Um, take it or leave it, but I haven't totally gotten over some of the 2017 stank from the cheating scandal. I wish they could switch managers right now and Dusty could manage the Phillies. This would make this a lot easier for me because I would love to see Dusty get a ring. But there are too many people that are still on that team that uh, were complicit in something that I can't get behind, obviously. So I'm going to go for the Phillies and yeah. And our buddy, Nick, uh, Bill, what about you? Who you, who you got here from a Reds angle? I, I guess I'm going to root for the Phillies as much as I'm going to root for anybody. Uh, only because I guess I just came back from my Navy reunion and some friends of mine that I reconnected with at the reunion are Philly people. They're big Phillies fans. They were all over the playoffs during the reunion. So I'm hoping it goes well for them. I yeah, like that, I, that is a good angle. I, I'm going to disagree with you all, uh, as I usually do. I'll be on the other side of the coin. But I will say that uh, back when the Reds played the Phillies in that 2010 playoffs, that was like the the dawn of Twitter for me, you know. And I made a lot of friends, actually, with Phillies fans at that time. That's, I still follow. They still follow me for some reason. Every once in a while, I'm like, I just need to unfollow these people. I don't care about, I don't care about the Phillies, but – they're still following me, and we talk occasionally about other things. Uh, most of the 76ers, uh, who I uh, occasionally like when I watch the NBA. Uh, but I can't I can't go for the Phillies. I can't go for the Phillies, and there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, I this, this gets me slammed every time I say it more than anything else, but I'm going to say it. I don't care. I do not care about the cheating scandal. I absolutely do not care at all about the Astros cheating scandal. I wish the Reds had tried harder to cheat. This is professional sports, okay? I don't care. I want you to try to cheat. If you're not, if you're not trying, you're not trying to win. So, the fact that the Reds weren't trying to cheat 
is uh, well, they probably were trying to cheat, but none, they weren't doing it as well as the uh, as the Astros. You've watched a little too part, much Days of Thunder. <laughs> okay, I, you know that's one Tom Cruise movie I've never seen. I, I'm embarrassed to say. Robert Duvall, baby. A Robert Duvall movie. Robert Duvall is in the uh, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Did, did you all know that? No, I did not. I think he's the greatest living American actor. I had a, a meeting uh, yesterday in, in Charlottesville, Virginia, and somebody was talking about how they saw him uh, not too long ago uh, out to lunch with Sissy Spacek Ooh. in Charlottesville. Weird. Anyway. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. What are we talking about here? Come on. <laughs> um, what was I going? Oh, the, the other reason why I'm going to pull again, I'm like, Bill, I'm not really pulling for anybody. I don't really care. But to the extent that I am cheering for someone, uh, it's going to be for Dusty. And the reason is this. I think that I was unfair to Dusty Baker on this show and at, uh, when I was writing uh, at my, the various places that I wrote when Dusty was here. Dusty had and still has real flaws as a manager. His in-game uh, management skill uh, when he's with the Reds was horrific. It's less bad now because so much of the of managing is done in the front office, essentially from above. And Dusty's been willing to go along with that in some in some respects with the Astros. But the stuff Dusty does well, I did not give him enough credit for when he was here. I only recognized it after he left. This is me admitting that I was wrong. I'm, I'm not afraid to do that. Uh, I think Dusty's what Dusty does well. <laughs> what Dusty does well. First time, it, first time that's not completely uh, unfair. Um, <laughs> He he was he was a big part of the reason the Reds completely flunked out in the playoffs when he was here. But he was also a big part of the reason why they were actually in the playoffs. And so, uh, so yeah, he's been around forever. He's never won a series. I would like to see him get a wing, uh, a ring, or a wing. I don't either one of those. Some wings, maybe. Um, I just he's a he's he seems like a good dude. Everybody that knows him thinks he's a, a an interesting guy. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm cheering for that guy. I, I like Nick Cassianos. Love Nick Cassianos. I'll never forget him, uh, you know, flexing over the stupid Cardinal uh, pitcher at, the, at home plate, but I'm going for Dusty for whatever that matters. And, so. and Dusty does have a ring, by the way. Dusty's got a ring as a player in 1981. So let's not pretend that he's just never, ever won one. That was the uh, Steve Yeager MVP season uh, in the in the uh, World Series. Yeah, I just, I just dropped the 1981 World Series MVP on you. Steve Yeager, catcher. Also broke the sound barrier, Bill. Is that true? Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah, same guy. <laughs> Boy, he that's, bro- that- and he did it with a broken rib. I saw that in uh, the right stuff. Um, that's a deep cut that uh, maybe only Bill and I will understand. Um, so the news of the week for the Cincinnati Reds, because we've kind of exhausted any, any kind of you know Reds-related uh, connection to the actual World Series, since they aren't there. Yeah, the biggest news of the week, obviously, Ryan Hendricks designated for assignment and uh, would not accept an outright uh, uh, move to triple uh, a. And so he's going to be a free agent guys. We've lost Ryan Hendricks. What, what will we ever do? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Change of scenery. <laughs> exactly. If you want to get back to the big leagues, where do you got a better shot than here? Yeah, who, who refuses that out? Because you know you're coming to spring training and the bullpen's garbage. You got a shot. I mean, the guy had two two years, two seasons at Cincinnati, and he never had an ERA below five. I don't. He probably didn't believe in what uh, what was going into the stew in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, he's 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 eyeing Pittsburgh, I guess. Uh, did Did you all know? Also announced just today. We, as always, we record this on Thursday night. 
Just today, a Cincinnati Reds player was named as a finalist for the Silver uh, Silver Slugger Award at his position. Can you believe this? An actual player from the 2022 Cincinnati Reds qualified for a Silver Slugger Award. Uh, If you were going to guess three months ago who who that might have been, I would have said, well, it's it's probably going to be Tyler Stevenson, right? It was it was not Tyler Stevenson. It was Brandon Drury, San Diego Padres, Brandon Drury. So I don't know. I'm trying to, it's like a reflected glory. I'm trying to claim Drury as our own. So if he wins it, do they cut the bat in half and send half of it to Cincinnati and keep half of it in San Diego? They should. They should. Yeah, absolutely. Also didn't realize it was like the, um, you know, player of the year in college basketball award where they just nominate everybody with a letter in their last name. <laughs> Please, <laughs> seventy people nominated for a Silver Slugger. Congratulations! It's true. I'm trying to you know claim that glory for the Reds on <laughs> on uh, getting a player as a finalist, but it was Brandon Drury. That's the headline. Brandon Drury is a finalist for a slip. I mean, he had a good year and he was really good with the Reds. But come on, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, there was one actual uh, joking around about Brandon Drury and Ryan Hendricks aside. There was one actual bit of news that uh, is interesting to me anyway, and, and some of you as well, and that is the Cincinnati Reds announced this week that Bronson Arroyo has been elected to the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame and will be inducted in 2023. I'll go to you first, Bill. What do you think about this news? Bronson Arroyo, a deserving Reds Hall of Famer, I say. I, I think he was the obvious choice in the fan vote, I, 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 and I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't even close. Um, I. I think it's a great choice. He, he was a great red uh, from every facet of, of helping the franchise from on the field, to off the field, to in the community. Uh, I'm real happy for him. Absolutely. Nate thoughts about Bronson Arroyo. You know, everybody talks about what Bronson added to the franchise, but they don't talk, talk about what the reds had to give up. And I can't get behind anyone being in the reds hall of fame when you had to give up Willie Mopena to get him. This is ludicrous. <laughs> what are we even talking about? He, he might, Willie, Mo may, Willie Mo may have hit the longest home run I've ever seen. It was in Dayton, and I think it's still going up. <laughs> Unlike that was, his that was, career trajectory. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, any, uh, that's obviously the, the, the immediate takeaway, Nate, is that yeah, they had to give up Willie Mopena. How dare they? But any other thoughts about uh, Bronson Arroyo? It's a no-brainer. He absolutely deserves it. I won't say he deserves it more than anyone that is in contention or should be in contention, but um, unequivocally, you know, sixth in club history and strikeouts, seventh in starts, 16th in wins. You know, people forget about how good he was in that uh, you know, he got an MVP vote in 2006. 14-11 uh, with a 3-2-9. Um, got a fifth place, fifth place vote for Cy Young in 2010 and a gold glove. And that epic uh, game two in the NLDS against San Francisco when he retired his first 14 batters. And he he carried the Reds in a period when the only success of my adult life the Reds have ever had. And he was he was the rock. He was steady. He was the guy who sort of ushered him through that, in my opinion. Yeah, totally deserves it. Yeah, no brainer. When, when you said when you said guys in contention, you aren't talking about anybody else that was on the ballot this year, are you? Correct. I'm not. Okay. okay. Then I think then yeah. I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, Bronson Arroyo. When the the day he retired, uh, I think that's one of the maybe the first thing I said was obvious, obvious Reds Hall of Famer. 
I mean, to me, it's not even, it's not even a question. I mean, absolutely without question. And yeah, you know, kind of a, a neat personality and all that, whatever that he, he gets a lot of the guitar and the Pearl jam and the hair and that crazy goofy leg kick, but lived the guy was good. He lived What's, on a boat. Yeah, lives on, lives on, a, lived on a boat. Um, but the guy was legitimately good for the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, and, and that's right. Um, William Opeña. It's always funny to uh, talk about that. But when, when the Reds got Arroyo, I mean, he'd been decent. He was with the Pirates, and then he was with the Red Sox and won that championship with the Red Sox. And uh, But he was 29 years old when he came over to Cincinnati. And uh, I was interested in – they had a, a press conference with him and, and some of his quotes talking about when he came over to Cincinnati and what Cincinnati meant uh, to, ended up meaning to him. But, but he said when he came over, he was really, really disappointed. Uh, it said it was like the lowest moment in his life when he was traded yeah. from Boston to Cincinnati, uh, which is oh, not what you boy. expect to hear. <laughs> uh, but now he always shot straight. So, but I mean, he just, they just won a World Series, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and he was kind of a, a key part of that team and he was looking forward to sticking with that. And then he, he also, <laughs> after saying he was disappointed, he went on to slam the Reds organization, which, Oh, it was kind of glorious in some ways. I didn't uh, see that. I need. I need to see that. They must have. Uh, the article I read definitely picked through which quotes they used. Apparently. Well, Jeez. let me let me read. Let, let me read the Enquirer doing that. Imagine the Enquirer doing that. Yeah, exactly. Local media, baby. That's why the Riverfront is the only outlet that will tell you the truth. Okay, you just need to understand that the Riverfront is literally the only outlet. That well, I take that back. Cincinnati Magazine allows me to to speak the truth as well. So I got to say that as well. Here's the quote. I came to spring training, you know, after coming from the Red Sox camp where they had a chef and they were putting food out. I came to spring training with the Reds that we had no breakfast. There were a lot of things. We didn't have a chiropractor. We didn't have a masseuse at the time. There were a lot of things that I felt like I was moving backwards in the game. It it probably took me the better part of the first three months of that first season to really stop watching Red Sox games and feel like I was a part of the uh, Reds Rock locker room. Uh, first of all, in 2006, the Reds, again, were not doing things that most other organizations were doing, and no one is surprised about that. But then he went on to praise his time in Cincinnati and, and talk about uh, how he was accepted and how much he ended up enjoying it. But, uh, but, but it's right. I mean, you know, we were just coming off a period in the early 2000s, and then it, it, it kept going, but where the Reds had this offense that we thought every year we're like, oh, this offense is great. You know, they had, they had done and they had uh, J- Junior Griffey. And we're like, the offense is going to score some runs. And every year it was a collection of idiots in the in the rotation. Just absolute straight turds, one through five. You know, from J- Jimmy Haynes to, uh, to you know, Eric Milton and uh, Brandon Clawson. I mean, and those guys are probably nice guys. And I hope they're not mad when they hear this because I'm sure they're listening. But, but then all of a sudden we had Aaron Harang. And Bronson Arroyo, two legit Reds Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. and um, and it was different. And Arroyo was not a superstar; he's not an MLB Hall of Famer, but that guy's one of the best pitchers in Reds history. Mm-hmm. And I'm thrilled. There are other people that are more deserving to be in than him that are not in yet, which we'll, we can talk about. But I'm thrilled that Bronson Arroyo's in. He's uh, just a uh, I don't know. And, and, and part of this is. He was really nice to my son one year <laughs> at, the, at the ballpark. You know, they had the, the players opening day. They do that thing, you know. And, uh, you know, he went out of his way to be nice to my son, not knowing I'm not anybody, but he didn't know anything about me or who I was. I was just a random guy 
uh, with a, with a, I don't know, eight year old kid or something, you know? And so anyway, just a genuine, seems like a genuinely good guy has his head screwed on straight, even though his hair is too long. Stinking hippie, stinking hippie. But <laughs> congratulations, Bronson Arroyo. I, I, you know, you're, you're my favorite hippie. I would be remiss if I didn't say what my wife would say when she stand, if she were sitting here right now. Do you know where Bronson Arroyo was born? Middletown, Ohio. Oh, no, that's Kyle Schwarber. I do not. Key West, Florida. Ooh. I think I did know that, actually, yes. <laughs> so that, that's I'm putting that out there for my wife. Well, we talked about Bill's dive bars and all that. Um, that Bill, Bill and Key West are intimately acquainted. That's, that's I met my wife. I met my wife in Key West. Really? Wow, Captain Tony. If you're a Jimmy Buffett fan, you know who Captain Tony is. Absolutely, Captain Tony introduced us. Wait, I, 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 I've known you all for a while. I had no idea. That, you're both from the Cincinnati area, right? We were both. We were both here. We both had Bengals season tickets at the time. Our sections were right next to each other. She was working yeah, like fifth third or something. Is that right? It, she was at PNC Bank. And she was in Miami on business and came down to um, Key West for the weekend. And I was down there with some friends and we, Captain Tony introduced us. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met. Incredibly poor judgment. Oh, horrible judgment. She made poor decisions that whole time. (laughs) Interesting. Listen, it's the off season, by the way. We can do a whole podcast in a couple of weeks on how Bill Linda met. I mean, I'm into that. (laughs) Actually, Bill, we uh, we can just do a dive bar podcast. Oh, yes. There we go. We might we we have about, to do we it. talk about Austin. I'm not opposed to this. <laughs> Ooh, that's right. Austin. We can talk about Austin. This is Nate and I. Mom, uh, Mom and dad cannot listen. Exactly. Um, well, that's that's uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. And I guess you should know, Bill, that uh, Nate and I now have a cousin um, who spends at least half the year in Key West, and we've been talking about getting down there and seeing him, so we need to coordinate all that. Anyway, whatever. We're having These are conversations we should have had before or after the show. Like, can we move on, please? Can we, are we going to talk about the Veterans Committee in the, in the Reds Hall of Fame? That's the next question. Who, okay. who should be the next person elected to the Reds Hall of Fame? Who is the biggest snub? What, talk to me, Bill. The Veterans Committee. Well, talk to me. Well, I mean, one no, second. I, let let, let me throw something out real quick. So – Tell me if I'm incorrect. The Veterans Committee can still nominate someone for the next induction? Yeah, for the same induction is the way I understand. Okay, yeah. And let me Thank add you. something before we go any further. I'm still seriously upset because I have tried and tried and tried to convince someone to put me on. Because I care more about the Reds Hall of Fame than literally anyone on earth. And they will not put me on this, uh, this Veterans Committee. Why shouldn't I be on there? Because I actually care about who goes in. Of course, they now if I got put, on there, I, they should put you under the Hall of Fame. Well, that's true. <laughs> they, actually, the current administration in Cincinnati uh, would agree All with that. All three of us, yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, of course, I would try to kick Ron Oster out if they put me on there, so I don't think that's possible. But anyway, Bill, go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll hand it back to okay, you. I, I think there's one person that we've all talked about over over the years that should be on there, but he was. I, we were just going by the people that were on the ballot this year, and that's what I – I get the impression from what I'm reading. I may be completely wrong that that is what they're going to use is the is their criteria. Uh, it, to me, if you go by that criteria, it's Aaron Harang is the obvious mm-hmm. choice. Um, we've talked about Reggie Sanders over the years, and him not being in the Reds Hall of Fame is just a crime. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you had to ask me, I'd take Harang 
before I take Arroyo. I mean, I think they're both completely deserving. I don't. I, I don't think I would have done that. Well, I, can you make the argument though? I think you can make the argument. I think I would just because yeah, he was kind of the, the argument. I, I think it, I think it's you know one and one a whichever way right. you go. But uh, I feel worse for fact- Harang. Harang had to. He should get in just for the crap he had to deal with for several years there. Absolutely, and the way uh, again go back to Dusty, but Dusty kind of ended his career, uh, unfortunately. Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, but I don't know. You know, Reggie Sanders is kind of my. I've taken that on as a uh, as my cause because it's just it's it's a complete disgrace. And the only reason we'll talk about the nineteen ninety five Reds in a moment. The only reason he's not in, to my mind, is because he played poorly in one four-game series in the nineteen ninety-five playoffs. Yeah, and he, he was not really good. Hold it against him that much? Oh, Nate, you were a kid. You don't know. Um, it was ugly. That's, every time I mention Reggie Sanders on the Twitters or or here or wherever, I get someone coming back at me. But but he struck out a bunch in the nineteen ninety-five NLCS, and he struck out a bunch in the. <laughs> I mean, he was he did not horrible. look good. He so was these not are the same good. people that hate Aaron Judge right now, that think everything he did in the regular season was useless and he doesn't deserve a diamond free agency. Same kind of people. Exactly. And, it, I mean, it really is a complete disgrace that uh, Reggie Sanders is not in the Reds Hall of Fame. And, again, nobody cares. Who cares about the, the Reds Hall of Fame? Well, I do for some reason. I take it way too seriously. I, I don't know why I care who's in and who's out. I, I don't know why I care which current inductees, Ron Oster, don't belong and, you know, which current players that are on the active roster have a chance to make it, Kyle Farmer. Um, I don't know. I just, I, 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 I just love it. I just love it. And uh, the Reds haven't always loved it. They, they put some dumb people in. And uh, for, for a 10-year period between 1988 and 1998, they didn't put anybody in. They didn't care. So why should I care? But um, I do like that they're kind of committed to it now. And It's uh, also I, a fair comparison to being a Reds fan. They don't oh. care. Why should we? Because we that's do. A good, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a. All right. There's a single. If you're not watching on YouTube, there's a single tear rolling down my cheek. Well, you know, Reggie Sanders has kind of replaced. We, we were we were like this with Freddie Norman for years. And Reggie right. Sanders has kind of replaced Freddie Norman. Now that we got Freddie, well, I won't say we got Freddie in, but we were a part of getting Freddie in. I think. I think so too. And 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 and, and now we've turned our attention to to. to you know, to, to promoting Reggie Sanders. And and I think he's at least, if not more qualified for the Reds Hall of Fame than Freddie was. Well, no, I think he's, yeah, I think he's more. Yeah. What are the requirements for the veteran committee? Is he even eligible for that? Or is it, they need to be, I don't, I honestly don't know. And, and with the Reds, who in the hell knows if there are any rules? No, it's, it's vague. It's, it's really vague. There's no uh, actual rules. I don't think if they are, I don't well, think they're public. Because I mean, where are you going to go? Look into it. Where are you going to go? Well, is there anybody uh, else that you think uh, that y'all think needs to sort of be prioritized? Who are the biggest snubs? I mean, I think uh, I think Sanders and Harang to me are the two of the biggest uh, snubs. John Franco is the third to me. That's yeah. kind of disgraceful. He's not in. John Franco. People don't realize, and he's a Met, but he was the best reliever in the league for the Reds. Yeah, I, I think that's one of those ones where you know he spent most of his career somewhere else. So they don't people don't think of him as a Red. But still, he was is great. Tom, as a, is as Tom a, Seaver in the Reds Hall of Fame? I don't think so. Yeah, see, I'm gonna, and yeah, he probably should be actually. No, I, 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 I don't know if he should. He pitched for the Reds for what six years? Was it six years? Uh, yeah, but he was pretty good. He was good for at least three of them. He was really good for two of them. 
anyway. being really good for two years is a uh, it's know. a pitcher for the Reds. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a that's a pretty good. I'm looking it up as we as we talk here, but uh, you mentioned Fred Norman, Bill, and a lot of our listeners won't know who Fred Norman is, frankly. But uh, we need kind of uh, what's that? Then they need to go listen to our series. Yeah, we had Fred Norman came on the show and Bill did a, a it was a two part interview. Yeah, it was so long with uh, with Fred Norman, and it was fascinating. And yes, absolutely uh, deserving. Well, and he was a big part of when we were doing the uh, building the machine. All right. Uh, first of all, Tom Seaver, class of 2006 in the okay. Reds Hall of Fame. Tom Seaver is in. Um, if Seaver's in, then Franco should be in. Franco should I'm absolutely just, be in. I just want to throw it out there, and no, you guys know that I. very few people on this planet, potentially including his parents, love Adam Dunn more than I do, who is a member. Randy Sanders had more wins above replacement for the Reds than Adam Dunn had in his whole career. Are you slandering Adam Dunn? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I'm, I'm slandering I'm the people that aren't putting Reggie Sanders in. Adam Dunn should be in. He should probably be the president. They should rename it the Adam Dunn Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame. Nate hates no, Adam Dunn. That's the title slash, of this episode. Maybe a slash. Get out of here. Get out of here. You're all fired. <laughs> uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. It's it's to me. I get it, and it's not an important thing. Who cares? It's the Reds Hall of Fame. You know who I've been important to? Some of these people. Well, Reggie Sanders Reggie's, would probably give a crap. Well, you know, I mean, I we, I made a uh, I wrote about him at the at Cincinnati Magazine, and uh, he ended up we ended up connecting a little bit, and he came on the show. He was on an episode of the show mm-hmm. back in the day, so I'm partial to him as well because he's a friend of the podcast at this point. Did did um, did, did you talk about the Red Hall of Fame with him? Oh yes, yes. And I need how, to. Uh, how did he feel? Well, his- I mean, he was. He was diplomatic. He was, you know, um, I loved my time as the Red. This was before it, he was on the ballot at the time we did the, the interview because I was trying to make a play and show how much power I had at that time. I couldn't get him on. But, um, you know, he was very complimentary of the Reds and talked about his time with the Reds. And, and really, I, we need to repost that. And actually, I probably should pull that out, and even though it's just audio, put it on uh, on the YouTubes as well because it was a fun interview and he's a he's a, an unbelievably nice guy. This is what every, everyone t- will tell you. He's he's uh, he's a man of faith. He's just kind to everyone. And um, I don't know. I don't. I should not care, but I do care that Reggie Sanders is not in the Reds Hall of Fame. I don't care that he struck out a thousand times in one if, series. If you're going to have a Hall of Fame and you don't have the best people in it, then there isn't a whole lot of point to it. Ron right. Oster. <laughs> well, I, I I don't have as much trouble with the guys at the bottom getting in as I do with the guys that are at the top that don't get in. Yeah, that's that's, fair. that's totally a, fair. That's a that's a great point. You know, I could actually live with a Hall of Fame with Ron Oster in. He played for the Reds for a long time. He's a local guy. You know, Phil um, Rizzuto's in the National Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah, right. So, <laughs> um, but but how do you how do you ignore Rizzuto. guys like Aaron Harang and? Reggie Sanders and John Franco. Those are guys that are quintessential Reds Hall of Famers to me. Um, so Why do we have to wait so long to induct Kyle Farmer? This is malarkey. <laughs> he could be I the first Kyle, active Hall of Famer. I have a Kyle Farmer stat that I came across. <laughs> oh, wait, what? Let's go. Unscripted. I'm all about this. In 583 plate appearances this year, Kyle Farmer's wins above replacement was... I don't know. One point zero. 
That's good. In 276 plate appearances, Aristides Aquino had a 1.4 wins above replacement. <laughs> that is incredible. I hadn't noticed that. And it's all on defense for Aquino, but... I'm sure it is. Aristides Aquino was better than Kyle Farmer. Aquino throws balls so hard and accurate. The half of him is Look at me your t-shirt. Aquino throws balls. <laughs> Get that on the uh, on the the merch shop, Nate. Okay, I'm on. <laughs> Aquino throws balls. All right, anyway, um I said this was going to be a short podcast and I was uh, wrong because we've already gotten off the rails. Um Bill, I guess we'll let's maybe not spend too much time on on it, but you had an idea for the show and I wanted to uh, dive into it just a little bit. Go ahead and drop that for us. Well, the, the 2022 Reds in all their glory. How many of the Reds will you remember? How many of the guys on the, that played at some point in this year on this team will you remember in 10 years? Joey Votto. That's the only one. Shoot. Stole my answer. <laughs> um, I mean, the, the, if, if, if we're being honest, if we're talking, uh, first of all, we're talking about players that ended the season with the Reds. That's what I'm going with. I'm, I'm just looking at the list on uh, Baseball Reference. I mean, Votto, Indias, Stevenson. You, you think? You, you, how sure are you going to you're going to remember India or Stevenson in ten years? Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. I think so. John. Yeah, I mean, if we remember Chris Sabo as as okay. wonderfully as we do, as reverently as we do, then. I think Jonathan right What about 20 years? Well, we remember Scott Williamson who won the rookie of the year. I mean, I, well, I think that isn't fair. Like Chad's pretty old in 20 years. He's going to start losing a lot of memories. <laughs> Early onset. Uh... It'll go same place as his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I don't have any unfunny. room to talk. <laughs> yeah. Unfunny. <laughs> Not funny at all. Um, uh, please don't watch on YouTube if you're not watching already on YouTube because you get to see that. I don't. I mean, know. I'm even looking at, at this thing. There got there aren't many guys on this team I'll remember in two years. Taylor now, Motter, so, you won't remember Taylor Motter. This team might have the record for most players that you won't remember in two years. Michael pa- Papierski. You just, you just made him up. Yeah, he, <laughs> it, he never actually played for the Reds. Come on, Bill. Max Schrock. That's a that, that's like a Will private detective name, Max Schrock. Yeah, I want I want I want to see the show where Max Schrock and former Reds pitcher Dick McGuire are nineteen fifties <laughs> uh, <laughs> private detectives. That's right. PI Chicago, the mean street. Max Schrock and Dick McGuire, PI. That's the show. Uh, now, this team has the highest percentage of uh, future obscure former Reds of any team in history. Absolutely. JT Riddle. Which is a shame because that's a great name. It is a great name, but I actually, he played for the Reds this year? I had he, forgotten about him. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> I had already forgotten. He got four plate appearances. He's the, uh, he's the Latter-day DT. He's the Latter-day DT Cromer. For those of you that are into obscure former Reds, Derek Law. That's another good name. That's a good name. It's a good name, but I, I remember nothing about him other than that he exists. Yeah, there are just so many on this year's team. Chucky Robinson. Rhino good story. Espinal. 
Who? Rhinel Espinal. Are you sure? Wait, 0 what? 1, 771 ERA, gotten two games. Um, Rhinel Espinal. Now, look, I watch a lot of Reds. I, we talk about the Reds. I watch them every night. I literally, this is October of 2022. I literally do not remember those two games. Yeah, to get to Bill's question, to remember something in 10 years, you would have had to have heard of them. Yeah. But... I don't remember this guy because I didn't know he existed. So he That's pitched... actually the only guy on the roster that I well, – Kyle Dowdy. Who's Kyle Dowdy? He, uh, Espinal Dude. pitched in September. He pitched in the second game of the doubleheader on September the 13th and against the Cardinals on September the 16th. <laughs> he, Kyle he Dowdy was the uh, like pitching director. <laughs> no, that was Kyle Bodie. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, we we fought – TJ Zoik. I do remember him because I remember making fun of his name, but – um, it's October, and there's some of these that I've, I have already forgotten. Oh yeah, I, and we follow this team closer than 99 percent of, of of fans out there. I just want to say real quick: this season sucked. It was no fun. <laughs> we had fun, but this the 2022 Reds were stupid, and I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> they were the 2022 Reds were They're so stupid. stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> I didn't like them at all. I mean, I'm assuming that the numbers on, on baseball reference are correct. And if they are, there were 66 guys that suited up for the Reds this year. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> Chris Oakey. Chris Oakey's a good one. That is a good one. I know where Chris Oakey went to college for some reason. Can't imagine why. Catcher at Clemson. No, he did not go to the University of Virginia. Oh, yeah, that's not where I would have guessed, yeah. <laughs> Michael Ciani played for the Reds, and he was supposed to go to University of Virginia. I wish I could forget that Hunter Strickland was a Red. Actually, you know oh, what? My my man. my That yes. friend of mine that I was talking about earlier that in Philly, his I think it was his brother, Coach Ciani, in Little League. Oh. He told me this at the reunion. So, is, is it his fault that he didn't? Fact. It's a not that fun. It's a fact. Just, just throwing it out there. <laughs> it's a it's a fact. Nate, you mentioned something that actually think of that I'm probably most proud of in my entire life. Uh, you know, we've all done some things, you know, um, but the thing that I'm most proud of is that in the, the year 2022, in which the Cincinnati Reds were stupid. They were stupid, man. We somehow figured out how to laugh every single week on this show. It was hard around the trade deadline. It was hard in spring yeah. training. But we've had more laughs, sometimes at the expense of the Reds. If you ain't going to laugh, baby, you're going to cry. There you go. <laughs> I can't, I'm an ugly crier. I cannot do it on camera. <laughs> we can't do that. All right, can we do some viewer mail? What do you sure. think, Nate? Let's do it. It's time. Well, before we do that, Nate, I, there's something I do want to talk to you about. Because, honestly, let's be honest. We need to talk about the way Nate dresses. It's it's generally not good. Well, but today's episode is sponsored. Didn't it didn't used, used to, be. to be. It's great now. Today's episode is sponsored by True Classic Tees. Guys, can we talk about t-shirts? Nate, look, I know you and I are the same way. Finding a, a good fitting t-shirt can be awful. But we found some. Am I right? You are totally right. Guys, I don't, I don't get it. Do you, do you like looking bad? Have you, have you talked to your wives to get some fashion tips? Because there's one company out there 
that makes tees made for you and for me. They fit tight around your guns. They leave a little breathing room. They take the dad bod to a rad bod. And no joke, we're not reading scripts here. I have been wearing these tees for three years, and that's why I reached out to them to see if they would be willing to uh, to work with us at all. So happy to have them on board. The tees are awesome. I've gotten all my buddies wearing them. They're comfortable. They're easy. They're they're they're, they're cheap. True classic tees. Thank you guys. That's the thing. We 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 do love we do love our uh, our family. We talk about the family here all the time. If you hear Nate and I talking about some uh, hash brown brand, it's good. We're not gonna we're not gonna go, go ahead and tell you to go su- support. I don't know uh, Lululemon or some kind of nonsense. Um, I don't even Great know what leggings. that is. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Oh, actually, okay. I'm not gonna go there, but yeah, I'm okay with Lululemon. Um, True Classic Tees is something that Nate and I both wore, but wait long before we. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I'm not wearing one tonight. Um, and I'm sorry, True Classic Tees, but I do. It's the only T-shirt I wear. Nate is absolutely. Nate's got a hat somewhere close to him. I bet that he'll put on that says True Classic Tees as well. And so I promise you, we're not gonna uh, we're not gonna have any uh, partners on the show that we don't don't trust. So yeah, big we fans. Have- um, like Chad just said, we would never, ever, ever, when we've been talking about uh, potentially getting you know, sponsorships and support, we would never recommend anybody that we don't believe in. And if you want to give them a try for yourself, you can either go to the uh, the website below, trueclassictees.com slash riverfront, or use the promo code riverfront, one word, R-I-V-E-R-F-R-O-N-T, for 25% off your next order. True Classic is the jam. Boom. Absolutely. So there we go. Um, now let's move on to viewer mail. As always, these are actual letters from actual viewers. If they weren't, uh, what would I like to you about that? Come on. First question. These questions all come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront That's patreon.com slash riverfront where you can support the show. First one comes from Seth Shaner. Seth says, ah, the World Series. Ah, I remember the World Series. In 1990, he says, I was a sixth grader in Malta, Ohio. Bill, where is Malta, Ohio? I have no idea. I have never heard of it. I don't either. I'm looking that up while you're reading the question. There we go. We're going to drive to Malta, Ohio here soon, and I'm sure there's going to be a sign outside the, the town that says, home of Seth Shaner. My best friend had one parent who liked the Reds and one who liked the Indians. So he naturally liked Mark McGuire. Wait, what? And thus rooted for the A's. When Eric Davis hit the game one home run, I basically invented trash talk by calling my friend and seeing whether he saw my favorite player hit the homer that I just knew into the series right then and there. Where were you and how did you celebrate Davis stuns Goliath? We're talking, of course, about the 1990 World Series game one when Eric Davis hit the home run. Off uh, Oakland ace Dave Stewart, in which the whole world kind of stood up and said, "Oh, wait a minute! This Reds team might be might be legit." Um, where were you? I'll tell you where I was at the time. I was on my parents' couch, and I, I was actually because I was insane. I was a teenager at the time. I was wearing my one of those satin Reds starter jackets. Remember those starter jackets? Still have it, by the way. My son wore it not too long ago just because it was uh, retro. Um, can you fit into it? I, I I can now. I couldn't two years ago, but I can now. Um, 
<laughs> um, so I was sitting on the couch, and when it happened, I had no reaction. I was stunned because I had spent the last week getting just abused by my friends who all were telling me that the, the Oakland A's are going to destroy the Reds. Because, I mean, I had a bunch of friends that were Reds fans, but I grew up just across the Kentucky border in southwest Virginia. And I don't know, people, I, people like to – there were a lot of Reds fans, but people like to give me a hard time because I was far too obsessive. And I was like – I literally was like the, – the narrative is that's what told people the Reds had a chance. It's what told the Reds – the Reds felt like they had a chance after that. And I was sitting there thinking, oh, my goodness we really might be a, have a chance to win this thing. So I was completely quiet. I didn't really celebrate that much. I was like, oh, my goodness, this is happening. This is happening. So, Bill, do you remember the uh, – actually, before Bill, before you, I want to ask uh, Nate, do you remember where you were and what you were doing uh, when Eric Davis had that big home run in game one of the 1990 World Series? I think you would have to tell me what I was doing. Was I was I there? Was I even in front of a TV? I doubt I was five. I don't think so. Um, Seth, Seth, I gotta say, like sixth grade that year, like you look great for your age, bro. Looking good, <laughs> right. aged well. Yeah, um, Nate, I don't think you were there, although you were uh, pretty much obsessed with doing whatever I wanted to do at that time. The, the big. Program. That's what I was thinking. Like I might have watched it. You might have been there. I can't I remember. Full on, like little remember. bro, big bro, big bro mode. So. Yeah. Thank you for Will, not remembering. I appreciate that. <laughs> I I paid no attention to you. Oh, no, that was our other brother. Uh, Bill, uh, do you remember where you were? Well, well, first, report in. Malta, Ohio is across the river, and I can't tell what river this is, from McConnellsville, Ohio. And it is southeast of Columbus, about halfway between that and Athens. Ah. Okay. Athens, home of the Ohio University. Yeah. Um, actually, no, Athens is over here. It's kind of between Columbus and Parkersburg, West Virginia. Anyway. So essentially, uh, Seth lives in West Virginia is what we're saying. Riveting content. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> riveting, riveting, riveting. Um, actually, uh, Linda and I, we were in our first townhouse, our first place together, and she was pregnant, and we were watching a game on television. Yes, I do remember Ooh. where we were. Why were you there we're at the, the Riverfront Stadium? How dare you? I do not know. I, I wasn't because, because my your parents. wife was pregnant. <laughs> well, we had we had been at the last game of the playoffs against the Pirates when oh. Glenn Braggs pulled the ball Glenn back Braggs over the catch out in right field. Big Glenn, yes. Big Glenn, gotta love Big Glenn. <laughs> oh, this is this is so uh, disheartening. And my wife was very pregnant. <laughs> Well, you can't be a little bit pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not pregnant. Yeah, I but mean, you get more pregnant as it moves along. You all, you know that. <laughs> Is it true? I'm almost annoyed that the Reds won in 1990 because I can't claim that they've never won a World Series in my lifetime, even though I've all never right. seen them win a World Series in my lifetime. Yeah. I mean, well, that's my thing. If you just would have grown up, you would have been there. You'd have been able to see it. Right. I was Mom. barely out of di diapers for the, you know, 1975-76 so teams, but I can't say that it wasn't during my lifetime. Yeah. You know, I don't remember anything about it. Stupid Reds. <laughs> Stupid Reds. That's the, I think that's the byword today, isn't it? Stupid. <laughs> oh, that's the title of this episode, baby. This is a stupid podcast. <laughs> episode stupid. stupid. Oh, my goodness. Um, 
we spent way too much time talking about 1990 and 1975. <laughs> but hey, it's okay. a Cincinnati Reds podcast. Is where we are. Next question comes from our buddy Joe Farsing. Joe says this. Uh, by the way, Joe Farsing, along with our buddy Nate here, one of the hosts of the Riverfront Bengals show. Can I just say, before we go, there we go, Bills. If you're watching on YouTube, Bills got his Bengals shirt on. Put them in. Uh, who day? Who day? Uh, if you're not listening to the Riverfront Bengals show, I don't care if you're a Bengals fan. You need to be listening to them because this this week's episode, it's in your feeds now. If you're subscribed, we're everywhere. Uh, same places that uh, this, this show is, including YouTube. But best episode yet, episode nine of the uh, podcast. And they, we talk often about this show getting off the rails and going, that show, that episode never got on the rails. It was, the first 15 seconds was was outrageous. And and Nate uh, also, uh, unfortunately, admitted that he's a big fan of a questionable movie. Tell me about it, stud. How is that <laughs> questionable? I agree. I agree, Nate. I like that movie too. American I do too. Classic. I do too. But Joe gave you a hard time for that one, man. Hey, we're having a yeah, we're having a really good time over there talking about the Bengals. It's typically at least the last few weeks been a little more optimistic than this podcast usually gets, but equally <laughs> nonsensical and off the rails. So please, if, well, you, Joe, if you're a Cincinnati sports fan, come come hang out. Absolutely. Joe's question is related to something you all spent some time laughing about. On the most recent episode, here's Joe's question. Do you think there's an instance where, quote, booty butt naked, unquote, would be appropriate to use in baseball? And why should that instance be reserved for discussing Ian Jabot? <laughs> booty butt naked. Nate, can you explain to our viewers slash listeners what booty butt naked means if they don't know? Long story short, Tyler Boyd catches a 60-yard touchdown pass in the first quarter last week for the Bengals against the Falcons. And a reporter asked T. Higgins how open Tyler Boyd was on that play, and his response was, booty butt naked. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's the greatest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Joe explained that that apparently means uncovered. Which I, makes that, sense. That makes sense. Out of context, yeah. In context, I guess it does. I. But I prefer to think that it was just completely off the cuff and random. It has uh, no basis in reality, and I've now started using that as often as possible. Yeah, I, I do not want to think about Ian Jabot, no. booty butt naked. Sorry, Joe, can't do that. Um, next question comes from Joey Gaditza. Joey's question is this, guys: What was the best Halloween costume mm-hmm. you ever wore? The best Halloween costume you ever wore. Uh, I'm going to amend that and ask each of you. When, how old were you the last time you wore a Halloween costume? In two days, the answer will be 37. I knew that was going to be the answer. Bill, when's the last time you were? I couldn't even tell you it's been so long. I was probably a kid. I, I was 11 years old. Yeah, I, I, I'm probably. I don't do it. Long. You made, you, you drew that hard line in the sand at 11? And stuck with uh, it. I did, yeah. I was like, this is it. I can't do this anymore. The candy's fun, but come on. What am I doing here? I'm practically an adult. I, I hit my stride. I had, I had some good costumes over the years, but there was a period when I was still single where I would dress as a character from the movie uh, Kingsman, which just meant I just put on a baller suit and some and some glasses. Just Great movie, by the way. Hit the town, having some cocktails, some adult beverages, get in my cups, you know. But then I found my dearly beloved, and I went completely 180 
So now every year I just wear a onesie. Oh, wait, what? Because you have adult beverages, you're comfy as all get out. At the end of the <laughs> night, I can just come home and go to bed. I don't have to change clothes. It's perfect. Perfect. Does it have a zipper in the front? Um, this one does have a zipper in the front. It's a hungry, hungry hippo's onesie. So the hippo <laughs> with a bib that says, feed me. I mean, I, I, you know, the reason I, I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, if you're doing a bunch of drinking, going to the bathroom comes with going about doing a bunch of drinking. And this so you have true. to have an easy access to the, the restroom. If I would have read this question ahead of time, I would have worn the onesie for the entire episode. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, my goodness. We can wait. Uh, <laughs> what uh what our viewers need to understand is there are four Dotson brothers and uh two of them are costume wearers and two are not costume wearers this is true nate nate falls on the costume wearer side oh, this is fine go have fun i don't care fun havers i, I call them fun havers i don't like fun i hate fun which is also why i've devoted my life to talking about the cincinnati reds <laughs> but uh yeah i'm not a costume guy so i don't i don't really know what my favorite costume ever was. I know what I was the last time I wore a costume because we have a picture. I was, uh, was Dracula. Ooh, I've seen that picture. It's a good picture. We should bring it back. Well, we can't show that picture here because uh, one of our uh, cousins was not dressed appropriately for 2022. This is true. That's all we're going to say. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> Yikes. Bill, uh, anything else to say about Halloween costumes? I got Please nothing. no. I, no, Thank you. I, I really, I have no memory of what my last costume was. I only just know it was a long time ago. Did they have Halloween when you were eleven? Uh, it was, it was real Halloween. I mean, we had real witches that lived up the street. You know, there was a oh coven, my. and you know, how dare, you, how dare you talk about Bette Midler that way? You know, Frankenstein, oh, came, Frankenstein came trick or treating at our house, and you know, outrageous, unbelievable. Next question comes from Woo the Reds. That's Woo. Three what is that again? Five O's. five O's. Woo the Reds. The one guy that I can't convince to use his uh, his actual name here. But anyway, his question is this. Why does Chad hate superhero movies? Why does Chad hate superhero movies? Either of you have an answer to that? Because he like hasn't just discussed it. He, he's, he's, not, he's not classified as a fun haver. Well, and, and, his, and his taste in movies is very questionable. That's a fact. I have better taste in movies than either of you all, and I won't. You do love there. bad movies way more than the rest of us. Yeah, that. that <laughs> what was that? What was that terrible movie you sent me to? The pizza movie? I can't even remember the name of it. It was so awful. Licorice Pizza, one of the That's best the movies. Two Paul Thomas two hours, Anderson. Two hours plus of my life, I will never get back, and I'm, I'm still paying for that with my wife. I bet Chad liked that movie where the girl hooks up with the fish. What was that one? Grinding Nemo? <laughs> the Shape of Water. Thank you very much. It was amazing. But you need oh, to take yeah, a bow for that one, Nate. That, that's fantastic. <laughs> I was thinking Splash. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. That's, it's a generational thing, right? Um, okay, so let me just address this quickly because, again, I thought we were going to have a shorter show. We didn't. I said on, on the Twitters that I'm sick of superhero movies. I mean, I said, you know, enough already. And I said it in the context of saying there's this new movie out called Black Adam, which is uh, The Rock's superhero movie, which was kind of muddled sometimes, but it was fun. I liked it. Three and a half stars out of five. And uh, But when I said I'm sick of superhero movies, the knives came out for me on the Twitters, and uh, some jerk, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's a complete jerk, 
that I know listens to the show. So I'm telling him, you're a jerk. He said, you know, you know, you don't have to watch superhero movies. And my response was, are you crazy? I watch every movie. Um, and I watch superhero movies. I'm sick of them, but not because I don't enjoy them. I've seen every single one of these recent superhero movies over the last two decades, except for one, the one with, uh, with Rob Stark or Jon Snow or whoever. I don't know what it was. It was The Eternals is what it was called. No. I haven't seen that one. But I've seen them all. I just don't like how superhero movies have pushed like other movies out of theaters. Like you can't, good directors can't get money to make an actual movie unless they do a superhero movie. Uh, in 2022, we couldn't get a Raiders of the Lost Ark or a Jaws or a Star Wars or a Back to the Future. We couldn't do it. Because it's uh, there's too many comic book movies. But I'm part of the problem, too, because I go see every one of them. So I don't hate superhero movies, but I hate superhero movies. That's the response. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. And, and I like the superhero movies. But my question is, now after they've gone through the, one, the superheroes that everybody knows and made gazillions and gazillions of dollars doing those, and now they're into the sec what I would call the second tier they aren't making as much money. So is it, is, is it going to stop? God, I hope so. Yeah. It'll I don't think out. so. I think well, so. I don't think so. You think so, Nate? I do. I mean, uh, phase one, the Marvel phase one was so successful. Mm -hmm. And they were printing good. Billion, billions of dollars for like every other movie they put out. And I think kind of since Avengers part two or whatever it's called wrapped up, there hasn't been a great one. And they've gotten worse and worse. If you want to make an analogy, it's like sports. You know, the, uh, the game changes. It goes to, for basketball, is everybody had to have three-pointers, pace, and space. And now big men are getting more important again. In the NFL, it went for all high-powered passing offenses and how the run game matters. And, and you have to be able to you know, succeed in other places. I think movies are doing the same thing. We went through the era of, when I was growing up, it was like the summer blockbuster that everybody looked forward to. Like Independence Day being the best example of that, I think. And then everything was a blockbuster. Every new movie was just a crazy explosion, Michael Bay superhero blockbuster. And I think we're going to start seeing that dial back down. Okay. Well, you're wrong. Shoot. And I'm... <laughs> I felt good about that. Jaws. That was the original blockbuster. Jaws is the original. Film. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, I saw Jaws in IMAX this summer. They re-released it. it how, bad the, how bad did the shark look in IMAX? It wasn't bad. It really wasn't really? bad. I was surprised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, again, we're going to save this for Nate's been bugging me about doing a, a the Riverfront movies show. We're trying to figure out how what we're going to do. We're going into pop culture maybe. But here, here's why. Here's why Nate, as usual, is completely wrong. It's not. It's not kind of petering out. Uh, what are the top four box office movies in 2022? Do you have any idea what the top four are? No idea. You can, Top Gun Maverick's the first one. Okay, that's not a comic book movie. Number two is an objectively mediocre movie. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But that arc started in phase one, so there's some carryover there. Yeah, but but it made more money than any movie in America, other or domestically, than any movie other than Top Gun. It's, so it's still... They're still big-time box office winners. Number four was the Batman, which was actually good, legitimately good. Batman and Superman don't count. Those will always be around and money. What was number three, Chad? Number three, 
one of the literally one of the worst movies I've seen this this year. Um, that was the name of it? Jurassic World Dominion. Oh my gosh, that was garbage. Yeah. Well, Number the reason six, I think that your argument, by the way, supports my claim is that none of the movies you've mentioned were original to 2022. Batman's going to be around forever. Doctor Strange just was the what, second or third one, and he's been around since you know 2010 or something. Well, plus, the, I don't like the context you're putting. Movie you're, you're putting them as, as box office for 2022. How does that compare to when, you know, Iron Man came out in terms of dollars? You know, just because it was number one this year doesn't mean it, it's a big box office number. It just means it's the best number this year. How was yeah, it in but, 2020? But that's the context that we're look, talking oh, about. Stu- <laughs> studios are going to keep making the types of movies that make money right now. Not what made money back yeah, then. That, but if that number, if the if the bar keeps dropping down, at some point they're going to try and get back up above that bar. And you think they're going to do something original? Here, here's what I'm saying. Well, nobody does number, anything original anymore. That's what I'm saying. And that's why they're going to keep leaning. Thor, Love and Thunder was number six, which yeah. was fine. I liked it. I've seen I it didn't. twice. But it wasn't. Thor Ragnarok was a million times better. The number seven movie. The number seven movie at the box office this year, Spider-Man No Way Home. That came out uh, last year. Spider-Man's up there in the, uh, it the, the Batman it was Superman ranking. It was great. Was awesome. It was fantastic. I loved it. But I think they will saying. they will slow down on making any sort of like second tier superhero. The, the, the Chinese Rings movie in in yeah, I actually like that that movie but most people did but here's why i don't agree with you is that black adam who i had never heard of before this month i didn't know this was a wouldn't have happened without the rock well but it's also without the rock and they've been working on making this for like 10 years and all that is true largest opening weekend in the rock's career you know, I mean that's the rock, say, that's putting the rock and a superhero together. I mean, it, 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 that's an equation. That's an equation that's going to make you know. I, but I agree with you. I'd never heard of my son had to explain what Black Adam was to me. Well, yeah, apparently he was that. supposed to be a like secondary character in the Shazam movie, right? And the Rock was like, no, 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 no. So, yeah, there's he some says, Shazam. He stuff. says that he didn't want to take away from the Shazam guy, but come on, Rock. Yeah. Can we, can, we, can we move on past superheroes now? Good grief, please, yes. But uh, but Black Adam was fine. I, go watch it. I think you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it. Next question comes from, where are we? Jordan Salisbury. Jordan Salisbury says, okay, so a few podcasts ago, Nate was talking about his free agency in regards to a college basketball team. And this question is only directed to Nate. We're not going to weigh in on this one because I don't want to hear Bill talk about Xavier. And no one wants to hear me talking about UVA. Allow me to make my case for the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Jordan says, I have three selling points. First, the Bearcats and Reds share the same team colors. Good. It's sort of true, but too much black and both. Second, they're moving to one of the most exciting basketball conferences, the Big 12 next year. That is unquestionably true. Third, this is where I have a problem. Wes Miller is in his second year as head coach and has picked up a couple of four-star recruits and is in play for the number two player in the country. Come on in, says Jordan. The water is fine. Nate, you going to be a UC Bearcats fan? I will watch their season with great interest. The colors are, you know, I'm not, I'm not opposed to the palette. 
Um, the head coach thing doesn't really matter to me. If I was just going for a head coach, I would just go with Charlotte. So it's an hour down the road. Tony Bennett is a stud, super handsome guy, man crush wow, over wow. there. Wow, um, wow. Big 12, you know. Wait, wait, Nate. Wait, wait, one thing. I didn't say, wait, Nate, hold on. I just need to say it again. Wahoo, wah. Sorry, go ahead. I grew up, uh, randomly picked Kansas when I was younger. So the Big 12 does have some appeal to me, though it's going to be hard to go right back into that rooting against them. But I'll tell you what. If Cincinnati wins the conference this year, I'll be a Bearcats fan. Oh, you heard it here first. Ball is in your court, pun slightly intended. Nate, if you become a Bearcats fan, I'm going to have to uh, discard you from uh, my life. Well, this podcast is the only thing holding our relationship together as it is. (laughs) It's actually actually more true than you want to admit. Um, Here's why. Wes Miller. If I had a foul mouth like Joe Farsing on the Bengals podcast, I would say some really foul words about Wes Miller. And here's why. I mean, he's a good coach. He's objectively a good coach. But he's a stupid UNC Tar Heel at heart. That's where he went to college. And so I will never, never cheer for a team that has a UNC Tar Heel leading their program. So screw Wes Miller. I hope UC is good. What about Duke? What if if he went to Duke? Oh, my gosh. Now let me start Duke. Come on, Bill. You know, I I don't have any love for either UC or Xavier. I like them both. I cheer for both of them because I, my rooting interest, obviously, in the Atlantic Coast Conference. But And Bill's a Xavier guy. Uh, and I think Sean Miller, who's uh, uh, just an unrepentant cheater. But he's back at Xavier. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying to win. And then I just, that That's what I'm saying. I just said it earlier. <laughs> I don't mind the cheating. I can forgive that before I can forgive going attending a class. Well, he probably didn't attend a class because they don't they're not required to do that at UNC. But if you went to North Carolina, I can't I can't forgive it. So sorry. Sorry, Jordan. Uh, I'm gonna be trying to convince Nate not to be a UC fan. Andrew Morin. Andrew's question at uh, patreon.com slash riverfront in honor of the love that Chad has professed for hobbits. Wait, what? This is he's got furry feet. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Andrew's been logging on to, uh, to our Slack channel at Patreon. If you're a Patreon uh, member, part of the family, you get to join our Slack channel. And we we've been talking about Lord of the Rings a little bit lately. Who would make a grittier teammate on the 2023 Reds? Kyle Farmer or Frodo Baggins? I, either of you, go ahead. I don't care. Somebody, somebody answer that, please. Aristides Aquino. <laughs> Gritty. I'd rather have uh, Frodo or Frodo because Frodo? one he one he had a ring, so that that that's nice. <laughs> he could yeah, he put that ring on. He could steal bases like crazy. At the end of his career, he was successful. Uh, well, how a, spoiler alert! Frodo, I've only seen the Frodo I've only seen the first one. Yeah, yeah the Lord you of the haven't seen it yet, and we're, we're not worried about you, you it. You never read the books? I agree. No, and really? I've only seen the first movie. He's not and a the fun first... haver. No, he's not. I read those books in high school. Well, I didn't. I didn't learn to read until I was twenty-eight. I don't care school. about. <laughs> I don't care about the uh, the Hobbits and the Lord of the Rings and all of my brothers. But you do care about licorice pizza. 
Paul Thomas Anderson. I'm going to leave you with this. You will never know happiness until you bring Tom Bombadil into your life. That's it. I don't know what that means. I don't. Either. I know you don't. I know you don't. <laughs> Bill, it's well, been a while I, since you've read it, so you can be forgiven. But I, I'll say this: I have uh, watched in recent times. Watched the first movie. I'm going to watch the rest of them because I'm sick of my brothers giving me a hard time about it. Um, All right. So the answer is uh, Kyle Farmer. James Urban, happy Halloween. This has nothing to do with baseball, but I will not apologize for it. And well, you shouldn't. What was the best and worst candy you ever received as a kid while trick-or-treating? There are only one answer for each of those. Best and worst. Best candy, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Worst candy should be, it's a crime against humanity, Circus Peanuts. Circus Peanuts. Bill, uh, do you have a best and worst? Worst is easy. Peeps. They're disgusting. Oh, get Peeps for it's Christmas? amazing. Or for Halloween? Peeps are disgusting. Peeps are disgusting for Halloween. No, peeps are disgusting. <laughs> not for period. Christmas. Peeps are disgusting for Easter. And, and, and the runner-up would be candy corn. Candy uh, corn is uh, way better. I don't understand the hate against candy corn. I love me some candy corn. Well, that's because you're wrong like, all the time. It that's tastes like chalk. Wrong. I love and, and and the and the best would be I, I like the Reese's Cup idea, but for me it would probably be like Hershey's. Hershey's okay. straight up, just straight up chocolates. Straight up chocolate. Nothing wrong with that. My wife has to hide candy when it's in the house, or I will eat it till it's gone. My most controversial uh, hot take is that I hate chocolate. I don't like chocolate. That's not my as controversial as your Lord of the Rings take. I, I think it's a com- I think it's a communist <laughs> plot. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nate, uh, what are your answers? Um, favorite candy growing up was definitely Twix. Big Twix fan. Um, the worst candy I ever had wasn't necessarily a specific brand or type of candy. But there was once, right up the road from us, some of our neighbors were of the Mormon faith. And apparently like Halloween wasn't something they really celebrated. So I went and trick-or-treated at their door. Parents just went and got the candy that their daughters had gotten from like their school Halloween parties and gave me that. <laughs> Recycled candy. I have felt bad about taking their candy <laughs> for like 30 years. It's better than like dropping a nickel in your bag or something. The you know? Yates family, if you guys listen to this, I'm sorry. I, I wouldn't have done it had I known. Wow. I've never heard that story. That is amazing. Oh, wow. Not for, the, not for those girls. <laughs> we had a neighbor that gave away one year when my son was small, young. He uh, they gave away regular comic books. Corey, comic Corey books. really thought that Corey thought that was great. Did, did did your son get a Black Adam comic book? No, but he is the one that told me about Black Adam. Oh gosh, my son likes the comics, but he didn't even know who Black Adam was. All right, last question. Let's do this. Kyle Kapler. Kyle's question is this: What will happen? This offseason, what will happen this offseason? Listen, I told you when we started, this is the spookiest Halloween podcast. And what will happen this offseason? I don't want to answer it because it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I hope that we do what uh, Bill suggested. We just talk about dive bars all offseason long. <laughs> what's gonna, Nate, what's going to happen this offseason? I wish I had a video clip of Clover Lang in Rocky Three. The prediction. Pain. Pain. <laughs> that's what it's going to be for Reds fans. Yeah, we need that clip. Bill, uh, that, that's the answer, right? 
Yes, that is the answer. All right. Well, let's uh, put a put a a bow on this one. Let's land this plane. I, I literally told. <laughs> I was talking to Bill Earl and I said, ah, no Reds news this week. We'll be out in 30, 30, 40 minutes. Uh, yeah, well, it's an hour and 12 minutes. I don't know why you all are still listening, if anyone is still listening. And I know that some of you is still do. But I see that, yeah, I see, the, I see the metrics. I see that you're still listening. Uh, Bill, any final thoughts for us? Nope. Thanks for having me back. Enjoyed it. Nate, final thoughts? Let's get Reggie Sanders in there. Never forget. Absolutely. So listen, thank you to everyone for listening and supporting the Riverfront. Please remember to subscribe to the show either on YouTube or in your favorite uh, podcast app. We're there, wherever you are. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're at Riverfront Cincy. That's at Riverfront Cincy on every platform. And once again, a huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. This show literally would not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. So we'd love for all of you to join in our hijinks. Come on over and hang out with us. A couple bucks to get you, get you in there. Just go to patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy or click the link in the show notes for Nate Dotson, for Bill Lack, for Reggie Sanders and Johnny Gomes. This is Chad Dotson saying, so long, everyone. <laughs>